0: Why even go out there and participate and put on a poor performance? They continue to give him money. My man gets the bag. And got traded for the lint in your pocket. Well, you gotta be right and gotta be wrong sometimes. They're cowards. You can't make a decision in May. I don't understand. Be for yourself. You're insane. Fair enough. You know what, guys? Moving on. Hello and happy holidays. Thanks for joining us again today, everybody. It is your host here, Ryan McNichols, with another episode of Ryan's Rants Today on Friday, December 2nd. I hope everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving and is looking forward to moving on to the holiday season. Happy holiday for whatever you celebrate, whether it be Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is. You know, Honda Days, Toyotathon, whatever you like to celebrate during this time of year. I am, like I said, by myself again today for this show. No Mike Coyle, no Rich Houck. A little bit of a scheduling conflict again this week with the holidays and everything going on. So I'm going to go through everything because we still got fantasy football going on, still got the NFL happening, we're getting close to the fantasy playoffs, and we've got a lot of injuries and just a lot of stuff happening throughout the league. So I'm going to start off today by going through some injuries and just some of the major stories that are going through the NFL. And again, we'll try to make this a little bit of a quicker and shorter podcast, although it's going to be kind of hard given the amount of injuries that we are currently dealing with. So... That being said, let's just start with a team whose season is just frankly not going the way that everybody expected it to go at the beginning of the season, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. So since the last time we've spoken, the Los Angeles Rams have placed Alan Robinson on IR. He suffered, or he was dealing with a foot injury. He had surgery on the foot. It is season-ending surgery. He will not be back for the rest of the 2022 season. Cooper Cup who was put on IR a few weeks ago, dealing with an issue of his own is unlikely to, there's still a possibility that Cooper cup will return. They have not officially shut him down for the rest of the season. The chances that the Rams bring Cooper cup back in this season are slim to none. There's no reason for them to, they're almost essentially out of playoff contention. You have no Alan Robinson. Matthew Stafford is dealing with another injury at the moment. It's, He is in concussion protocol and progressing his way through, but he doesn't actually have a concussion. So, just to clarify this for everybody, what happened was, on the field, when he suffered the injury, he had some symptoms that they weren't sure if the symptoms were a result of a concussion, a neck injury, or a back injury. And because they couldn't determine that, and they had to give him a designation during the game, they basically decided to play it safe and put him in the concussion protocol and go through that process. It was later determined that his symptoms were a result of a neck injury, not a concussion. So he doesn't have a concussion, but he's in the concussion protocol working his way through. That being said, even if he makes it out of the concussion protocol, Sean McVay said that it's safe to say he won't play this upcoming week. So with that being said, if he's not playing this upcoming week and you don't have Cooper Cup and you don't have Alan Robinson... You don't have Aaron Darnold, who is also dealing with an injury of his own, and going on, on and is possibly going on injured reserve. The chances of them winning this game are slim to none, and if they lose this game, it essentially forces them out of playoff contention. So, this is what happens for a team that decides this is this is the price for going all in. This is the price for what the Rams have been doing the past couple of years where they keep trading away their first, second, and third round picks in order to acquire proven commodity players. It's like, yes, you can do that. But the problem is those players are also significantly older than the rookies you're bringing in. Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson are both pushing 30 at the moment. So, you know, the young wide receivers they have behind them are Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, things like that. So when you lose a Cooper Cup and your, other, your next backup option is Allen Robinson, who's 30 years old coming off a down season with the Bears and a banged up season at that it just it's 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 not the same as like oh the Bengals lose Jamar Chase well you still have T Higgins there who's the young guy and you have Tyler Boyd as the veteran and you've got Joe Mixon at running back and it's just you can't keep selling all of your this, the unknown sometimes can be better than the known. I think that's what some people lose sometimes. They're like, you know, I'd rather take a known commodity than the draft pick. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes your draft pick is going to be better than the known commodity you're getting. You know, Jamar Chase is a better option than Allen Robinson. Or, you know, T. Higgins in the second round would be a better option than having Allen Robinson for the the contract you signed to. And the, It's just... This is the problem with again acquiring a bunch of proven commodities is the proven commodities are also aged commodities. They have been in the year for they have been in the league for a couple of years. They have wear and tear on their bodies. So there's a chance they don't hold up. And then they Rams should have known what they were at the end of last season and they I feel like they tried to double down really hard to keep a core of old guys intact. And now a lot of them have fallen off. Aaron Donald in particular, who was talking about retirement, and they brought him back and didn't extend him. They just essentially gave him a raise. They put more money on all the years that he already had on his contract. And now he's banged up. Stafford's been dealing with an injury. This goes all the way back to the offseason with Stafford, where he was dealing with something in his arm, where they gave him some sort of injection to kind of help him play through the pain, but it was going to be a, a matter of managing it all season long. And just from the get-go, it looked like it really affected his ability to play. Offensive line gets decimated with injuries. And I know you could say, well, how can you really control that? Well, what you can do is you don't control that, but you can minimize the risk of that or the loss of that by having young talent behind it, young talent that has potential behind it. But if you're constantly trading away all of your prime draft picks, In order to acquire a proven player, like, you've given up four draft picks for a player. That was four different chances you could take it on a player, any one of whom could have been just as good or better than the guy that you gave up on. And if he wasn't, you still had three other guys that had that opportunity. So this is what happens when you just put so many chips into one basket. And that's the thing. It's not even just a matter of, like, a financial commitment or anything. It's a when you give up multiple picks for one person, like that one person is now so vital to the team because that's, you know, that's a backup corner or a backup lineman or a starting wide receiver, starting tight end that you couldn't add onto your roster because you've now given away three picks to get one guy. And that one guy could not possibly play all three of the roles that you could have used those draft picks on. So he has to excel at the role that he does have. And, you have to hope that injury doesn't happen elsewhere. And I think that's the other big part of it is like you focus so much on that. And then it's like, you know, well, what really happened with the Rams this season? It's like Cooper Cup was healthy. Aaron Donald was healthy in there for the most part of the beginning of the season. And they still weren't winning games. It didn't matter that they were both there and healthy because enough players around them who aren't the star names, particularly on their offensive line, are banged up and not there. And they don't have anybody to fill in behind them. So, This, this again. This is the price when you keep giving away draft picks, and you're saying, oh, you know, uh, what what are draft picks worth? And you know, you've got coffee mugs that say, bleep them picks, and it's like 90% of the players, active players in this league, were drafted. Like, you know what I mean? Like a major, mostly that's where you get your players from. Like, it's I don't know where when you say bleep these draft picks, where do you think the players you're getting are coming from? It's like. It's not so much bleep these draft picks, it's bleep your own draft picks. Like, that's the problem. The problem is, like, when I see a team like that, I take that as, like, that team can not can either not scout players or they cannot develop players because other teams seem to have no problem drafting a player and develop them, developing them. We've used this example before. The Steelers pull wide receivers out of nowhere all the time, and you can see it again this season with George Pickens already starting to make a name for himself. So when you're sitting there and it's like, oh, well, you know, bleep them players, it's like, right. But like the guy you're trading three first round picks now for, you know, in 2022 was a guy four years ago in 2018. You were like, well, bleep that player because he's a draft pick. I don't want that guy. And it's like four years later. It's like, oh, yeah, let me give up, you know, a first, a second, you know, more to take on a guy and then sign him to a contract because I don't want to take the risk on him as a rookie like that's. That's the trade-off. Is like now instead of the one draft pick you would have had to use on him four years ago when he was a rookie, now you have to give up multiple draft picks and then sign him to a hefty contract in order to get onto your, in order to get them onto your team. So, again, there there are consequences to going all in, and there are consequences to saying, well, just forget the draft picks and we're just going to move on. Like, what? Again, that just the strategy on on its face doesn't make any sense where it's like. We don't need draft picks. It's like, where, where are you going to get the players from? Let's say nobody, everybody in the league decides to not draft into somebody. Where do you get the players from? Are you all going to compete for them in free agency with money? and all, like, You know, that's why there's a reason there's a draft. So, like, that whole strategy I just disagreed with from the beginning. I don't like it thought it was a stupid strategy and, like, to be so proud of it. Like, yeah, we give away all of our draft picks for veteran players. And it's like, do you guys remember a few years ago you did this when you had Jared Goff and you grabbed Brandon Cooks and you signed Todd Gurley to this long extension and all that? And it's like, how did that work out for you then? Why, why? So, yeah, the strategy would have worked if they would have accepted the fact that it got them their Super Bowl last year. And now they need to start working on requiring capital to rebuild the team to get themselves to that point. But they did what most teams like to do in this situation and tell themselves, like, no, no, no. We can continue to do what we did last year and we'll just run it back. Like, they didn't want to give up what their position was as, you know, the Super Bowl defending top team in the league. They couldn't just let talent walk away. They couldn't let Aaron Donald retire. So they overcommit resources to keep these guys around. And then all of those other little things that you didn't see that were holding everything together on the team is just like, you know, what, like... It's just falling apart. It's like, yeah, that's cool that you kept Cooper Cup there, who's the engine. And, you know, you've got, you know, what's it called? Aaron Donald, who's, you know, the tires on the car. And it's like, but the problem is, you know, the nuts and bolts that were holding the tire on, they popped off. You know, the uh, frame around the engine, it caved in. The offensive line is bad. The rest of the team is just lethargic. You lost Jalen Ramsey for a bit of time there. It's just, when you, again, just committing too many chips, too many assets into so few players, giving up so many draft picks to acquire so few players just leaves you with so little depth elsewhere on the roster that tricks uh, it tricked the team into believing that, hey, because we still have Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and you know, these two or three other guys, we can just run it back and do what we did before. And it's like, yeah, but you realize you lost Andrew Whitworth and the rest of your offensive line isn't really that great. You don't really have any depth there. So it's like, yeah, in theory, if you run this back and nothing bad happens for the course of the NFL season, it'll work and be successful for you. But what are the chances you go through an NFL season where players don't get hurt and you don't lose people? So now it's a question of do you have depth at all of these positions in order to reinforce it? And it's like, no, you don't. So this is the difference between last year or the year before when you're in season and your team's hot and you're like, Man, we just need something to put us over the edge and you you know, you currently have players that are playing above their level and you have a bit of death and you haven't necessarily suffered a lot of injuries and you're looking for someone to just put you over the top, that's when you go all in for something. But like this constant strategy of just like, No, 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 we're gonna sign we're gonna re sign these guys to these long deals. We're gonna put all this money trade all these picks away for this quarterback to come in and finish this team and then Put all this money in Allen Robinson, all this money into Cooper Cup, who's an older wide receiver. And it's like, that's great, but you have to understand that for that strategy to work, you have to accept that that is a one-year strategy. And then you have to look to start regaining assets the following year. And the Rams didn't do that. So I'm sorry. I know uh, that was a very long discussion about the Los Angeles Rams there. This is why the show is called Ryan's Rants. But bottom line... Matthew Stafford's not most likely on play the rest of the season. Al Robinson, Cooper Cup are most likely not play Al Robinson's definitely not. Cooper Cup, unlikely to play the rest of the season. You don't want to start any Rams player going forward, essentially. They're going to have a backup quarterback. Tyler Higbee put up a goose egg for you last week. You've got Van Jefferson, Ben Skronik there at wide receiver for you. If you had to pick one, Van, I would say Van Jefferson. But again, I'm not starting anyone in the Rams offense that so can help it. That includes the running back. Cam Akers didn't practice on Wednesday due to an illness. And then you've got Kyron Williams there. But again, this is one of the lowest scoring offenses in the league. There's absolutely no reason that you shouldn't have somebody better on your team to start than one of these Rams players at this point. Moving forward, Lamar Jackson left, practice Wednesday, left Wednesday's practice early. Dealing with a quad issue. He returned to a full practice on Thursday. He should be good to go this week. This is another offense that we thought would have had more fantasy value at the beginning of the year. But at this point, you're starting Lamar Jackson. You're starting Mark Andrews, and that's it. You're not starting anybody else from this offense. You don't want to, you know, with Marquise Brown traded away, Rashad Bateman on IR. It's Demarcus Robinson and Devin DuVernay. Devin DuVernay hasn't done anything in weeks, and you can't trust Demarcus Robinson in your lineup. And the running back situation... J.K. Dobbins was recently had his practice window open, so he got in some limited practices on Wednesday and Thursday, but he's not expected to be activated for the game this upcoming weekend. And then it's a matter of whether it's going to be Gus Edwards or Kenyon Drake, and it looks like it's probably going to be Gus Edwards, but he's not a pass catcher, so even if he gets all the rushing volume, his total you know, output is essentially limited, and Lamar Jackson, of course, is going to take some of that from him. And The offense itself has been kind of stalling lately, so... Again, you don't want anyone from the Ravens offense outside of Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Moving on, the Chicago Bears are getting some good news as far as Justin Fields is concerned. He was a limited participant on Wednesday. He moved up to a full participant on Thursday's practice. It looks like he should be good to go for this upcoming weekend. The problem for him is that Darnell Mooney is going on IR. He's having surgery done on his ankle. It is a season-ending injury, so he will be unable to return for them. It's sucks because Justin Fields, you know, is finally starting to get the offense going and could have built some rapport with Arnell Mooney, but now he's out, so it's Chase Claypool and Valuse Jones Jr. there. You don't want to start any of them. Again, your fantasy playoffs are probably on the line in these next few weeks, and I can't imagine being comfortable starting either one of those players in this situation. If you're looking at the Bears offense, you're starting Justin Fields, you're starting David Montgomery, and if you want, you can use Cole Komet at your tight end position and hope that he, you know, maybe see some increased volume without Darnell Mooney there. But he's just, again, one of those back end, he's a lower tier tight end, essentially. He's in the tight end, you know, 10 to 12 range areas where I, he'd be ranked. And it's just, you know, it'd be nice to have better options. There's not a whole lot of options at tight end. You could do worse than Cole Komet. But I don't want to start any of the wide receivers for the Chicago Bears. And then looking across that division... Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, another guy who's been dealing with injury for a while, Aaron Rodgers recently revealed recently that he suffered what is called an avulsion fracture in his thumb. It's essentially where the muscle pulls the bone and causes the bone to snap or fracture, essentially. So he's dealing with a fracture in his thumb as well as some issue with the muscle there as well that pulled it, and then he suffered some Rib issue in this past Sunday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So he did not practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. He said that as long if he is able to go and the Packers are still mathematically in it, that he will continue to play and try to give his team the best chance that they can to win the game. Now, whether or not that's good news for fantasy players remains to be seen. After all, Jordan Love came out and did all right in Aaron Rodgers' absence. That being said, Christian Watson did essentially take a short cross around the distance to gain a long touchdown, so that inflated some of Jordan Love's numbers. We've got Romeo Dobbs, who was limited on Wednesday and Thursday, still dealing with that ankle issue, but it looks like he has a shot to play this upcoming week, so it would be nice to have him back out there on the field for the Packers. And A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, also dealing with injuries. Aaron Jones has been on the injury report for a while now with a shin-slash-glute injury. He's also he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. AJ Dillon also limited on Wednesday and Thursday but dealing with a quad issue. So it seems like Aaron Jones is going to play. AJ Dillon seemed the one who was a little bit more questionable. Check the Friday practice reports and again check early Sunday morning to see what the announcement is there. If they're both active, you're starting Aaron Jones and probably benching AJ Dillon. Not probably, you should be benching AJ Dillon. If Aaron Jones is inactive and A.J. Dillon is active in some twist of uh, events, then you can start A.J. Dillon as a mid-tier RB2. And that's it as far as quarterback injuries go. As far as other quarterback news goes, let's start with one easy one. Sam Darnold started recently, or took over recently as the starter for the Carolina Panthers, hit D.J. Moore for four catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. So... It makes you feel more confident about starting D.J. Moore. Sam Darnold is the starter going forward. We'll see how long that lasts. I'd be nervous about starting D.J. Moore this upcoming week. D.J. Moore, I guess, would be a player where if you need the upside of that 20-point game he could have, even with Sam Darnold under center, then I'd put him out there. And you need that upside if you're the underdog in this upcoming week. So if you're looking at your projections and and you're, you know, your 10 points plus projected underneath your opponent, well, you're going to need some guys a little bit more upside in order to help you balance that out. But if you look and you, you and your opponent are, you know, within five points of each other, well... You really just need all of your guys to do their job and put up the points that you need them to put up, and you can't afford that zero in your lineup. So you have to start looking at your roster construction from that standpoint. Can I afford this player if this player puts a donut in here, or would I be better off as somebody who's just going to get me the points that they're projected to get me? That's the decision you really have to be making at this point in the season with the fantasy playoffs coming up. And as far as everybody else on the Carolina Panthers offense goes, you're not starting any of them. You're not trusting Deonta Foreman. You're not trusting any of the other wide receivers on that team, tight end. And you're not starting Sam It's Just maybe DJ Moore as your final, you know, f- wide receiver or flex spot, depending on how your league's set up, if you need the upside. Another quarterback change that happened, we have is Mike White taking over for the New York Jets this past weekend. Jets pull out a win, they look good, they crushed the Chicago Bears, but let me reiterate that. They crushed the 2022 Chicago Bears, who did not have Justin Fields and who lost Darnell Mooney during the game. So, I want everyone to keep that in perspective, because I've heard some things from other people in the industry this week where everybody's really excited and real hyped about what they saw from the Jets this past week with Mike White, to where I heard people recommend that they would start Garrett Wilson over Jamar Chase this upcoming week. And moving forward is what they said. So, Jamar Chase has been dealing with a hip issue. He has missed the last several games for the Bengals. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Looks like, he might, looks like he should be returning this week, although he could be on a snap count, which is part of what plays into this is the snap count. But I want you to imagine the two situations. One situation is you start Jamar Chase over Garrett Wilson. And Jamar Chase puts up a dug because he only plays 15 plays, and Garrett Wilson happens to go off and puts up you know, 20 points doing what he does. Well, in that situation, you could look at it and say, well, there's Jamar Chase, who was a top-10 overall pick in the draft, who was a top-10 wide receiver last year with Joe Barrow under center, who was coming back and has the potential in any one play to take it 75 yards for a touchdown— And he got outperformed by a rookie wide receiver who had a backup at quarterback in. That's a mistake I can live with. Flip it the other way, where you put Garrett Wilson out there, and you bench Jamar Chase, and Garrett Wilson only gets you three points, but Jamar Chase goes off for 25 points. And you're looking and it's like, huh, I decided to start a rookie wide receiver with a backup quarterback over Jamar Chase. That probably wasn't the best idea. So that's the kind of, where like, again, I understand that there's concern Chase might be on a pitch count, but Chase could take any one of those plays to the house and just, you know, end up giving you a solid fantasy day from one play. The Jets' primary way of winning football games is going to be through their defense and running the ball. So I don't know why they would be so incentivized to have Mike White throw the ball 40 times a game. It doesn't seem like the best strategy for them to win. And again, last week they performed really well, they were playing against the Chicago Bears. So we've seen this from Mike White before, where he stepped into fill-in last year for a game. Does all right, comes out, he's checking down on Michael Carter and Elijah Moore all over the place. Everybody's getting fantasy points, and they love it. Next week, he comes out against the Bills. Three turnovers. So... It's just, this is what happens with backup quarterbacks. If they were good enough to be starters, they would probably be starting. But backup quarterbacks and good backup quarterbacks, which is what Mike White seems to be, can step in for a game or a series or something here and there and fill in adequately because they know the offense, they can step in and they can continue doing essentially what the offense was doing, even if it's, you know, not as fancy, but they can continue maintaining the offense as it was prior to the quarterback going out. When you have to depend on that quarterback to actually be your quarterback, and you have to game plan around them and what they do, and you have to try to adjust it to their game plan, well, then everybody else in the offense has to also make that adjustment. And then you kind of see, well, it's like, well, oh, this is why we don't center a game plan around this guy is because we don't particularly like that game plan. Like, it does, just doesn't work. Like This guy doesn't have all the tools or the tools he has don't have as high of refinement or as a ceiling as the other guy which is why he is the backup so this is the problem with trusting backups i, I that's essentially my problem i am i'm nervous trusting a rookie wide receiver with a backup quarterback in a week in which my fantasy playoff hopes may legitimately be on the line. So I don't know that I can afford to take that risk, especially if you're telling me the alternative is Jamar Chase and the Bengals are playing the Kansas City Chiefs and should have the highest over under of the week, most likely. So I'd be more likely to take Jamar Chase in that situation than Garrett Wilson. As far as the running backs are concerned, Michael Carter is dealing with an ankle issue, is referred to as a low ankle sprain. It seemed, when he went out last week, Zonovan Bam Knight took over for him and carried most of the duties, performed admirably in the fill-in spot. If you claim Bam Knight off off of waiver wires and Michael Carter does not go, then you can play Zonovan Knight as a low-end RB2 or a flex play position. But it's hard to know the long-term value because this could be a situation where Michael Carter misses one game and then he's back next week and he's back to his normal role as the primary guy and Bam Knight is just right back to the backup, only playing you know 15% of the snaps in a game. So <clears throat> he'd be a nice start this week with Michael Carter's out, so you should have him stashed on your bench at the moment, especially with all the injuries that are going around to running back position. He should definitely be added and stashed on benches, but I'm only starting him if Michael Carter is out. If Michael Carter is is active, then it becomes that much harder to start him because it could be a committee. It could be a situation where Michael Carter only plays the passing down, get, uh, passing down uh, plays, and Bam Knight is in for all the rushing plays, and that ends up leading to, you know, you could have, you know, 15 carries for 80 yards, and that's 8 points. And then, you know, Michael Carter, meanwhile, has four catches for, you know, 40 yards and has eight points just as equally. And it makes the whole situation messy. So if Carter is out, I'd be starting Bam Knight with a relative amount of confidence because I still think the Jets should be a competent offense. I think that if he's the only one there, that he should get some of the check down work and be kind of involved. But if they're both active, then it's a much riskier start for both Michael Carter and Bam Knight. And then earlier, I know I mentioned that Jamar Chase was banged up dealing with an issue. Also on that team, we have Joe Mixon, who was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. He's in the concussion protocol. He missed last week's game, obviously, with the concussion that he suffered two weeks ago. He seems to be progressing through the pro- protocol and looks like he might be available for this upcoming weekend. Again, I'm going to use that word, might, because you never know with concussions. and want to err on the side of caution there. But it looks highly likely that Joe Mixon should be active for this upcoming week, so... Anyone who was counting on Samaj J.P. Ryan to fill in again, I hope you either already have Joe Mixon or you have another alternative to go to. <clears throat> Alrighty. And then, moving right along here with some more injuries, going to jump back over to wide receiver. Mike Williams did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday after re-aggravating the ankle in which he suffered the high ankle sprain earlier this season that kept him out for a number of weeks. So he played a small amount of snaps last week before he re-aggravated the injury and then did not return. We've got DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer are the two options to fill him behind him. The problem is you just never know which one it's going to be on a given week. So if you have one as the insurance policy for Mike Williams, throw him out there and hope. But again, this is a situation where you know two weeks ago it, you know it was Josh Palmer was the guy to fill in, and then a week later. It was DeAndre Carter, who was the guy who thought in, and Josh Palmer didn't do anything, and so it's risky to trust either one of them. The only pass catcher on the Chargers you can legitimately trust is Keenan Allen, now that he's back and healthy. And then, of course, with the running position, you can trust Austin Eckler. Not particularly interested in Gerald Everett. Again, he's just kind of a, he's one of those back-end, tight-end ones that's just not really impressive, but it's also not like, you know, I don't think anyone can, you know, there's not too much anyone can say about you having him as your tight end because there's not a whole lot of great options at the tight end position. <clears throat> Michael Gallup for the Dallas Cowboys uh, did not practice on Thursday. He is dealing with an illness. He is expected to play this upcoming week. So just keep an eye on the injury report just in case anything changes, but that's the expectation at the moment. K.J. Hamler has already been declared out for this week. Jerry Judy did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, so the Broncos are really short at the receiver position. This makes Cortland Sutton, again, the only real guy there to catch passes, but that hasn't helped him a whole lot these past few weeks as far as fantasy production goes. So if you want to take a risk with Cortland Sutton this weekend, but again, the Broncos have just been an awful offense this season. That That's just straight up. There's nothing else to say. I don't know what necessarily is going on. I don't know if Russell Wilson has just lost it, if he's just not clicking with the scheme that Nathaniel Hackett is drawn up, if Nathaniel Hackett's play calling and coaching is just so bad that they haven't been able to figure this out. But <clears throat> what I'll say is this is so bad that I don't think you can seriously point to any one spot and say that's, that's the problem. And if we just change that, everything will be better. This is a problem across all layers where it, it's clear that the quarterback – the coach and the team are not all on the same page as to what the game plan is and what they need to be doing and it just it seems like nathaniel it seems like a first time head coach is going through first time head coach struggles with a quarterback he has not really coached before and it's just it's sad for how talented the defense is how bad the offense is this might be the worst offense in football and so you can't really rely on touchdowns for Cortland Sutton, so it would be volume alone that would be keeping him in it, but with how little this offense is moving the ball, I don't know that you can necessarily have, expect reliable volume from Cortland Sutton. So he's, a more, he's in the wide receiver 25 range, essentially. He's a flex play at wide receiver is, is where you're looking at Cortland Sutton, despite him being the only viable target on that offense at the moment. Speaking of horrible offenses, Houston Texans Brandon Cook is dealing with a calf injury. He was rested on Wednesday, but limited on Thursday, dealing with an injury. So it's kind of weird for a guy to show up with an injury after having a rest day when it didn't really seem like there was any problem before. Uh, I don't know if you were really starting Brandon Cooks anyway. It seems like Nico Collins might have taken him over as the number one, you know, receiver on or option on that offense. And even if he hasn't. Not particularly impressive. They switched away from Davis Mill last week, and it didn't matter that they switched quarterbacks last week. The offense just doesn't have the firepower to compete, and it's just they they know the Texans know where they are realistically. So Brandon Cooks might not understand where the Texans are realistically, but the rest of the players seem to understand it. So I'd be looking to avoid starting Brandon Cooks or anybody on the Texans outside of Damian Pierce if I could. We also, speaking of Damian Pierce, Rex Burkhead is in a concussion protocol. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. So, And the reason I bring this up is because if Burkhead is out, and he suffered this concussion last week in last week's game, so it didn't really show up a whole lot as far as the stat sheet, but maybe there's the possibility with Burkhead out that they actually get Damian Pierce more involved in the passing game. They just decide to trust him with the full workload, I think he's shown that he deserves it, he should be involved in the passing game, but the concussion of Burkhead might force the Texans' hand this week, so if you're starting Damian Pierce, maybe that's a little bit of comfort for you, knowing that there's no Burkhead most likely due to the concussion, and again, we don't know what's going on Friday at the moment with the injury reports, not out yet, but typically players are taking an average of 10 days to come back from a concussion this season, I believe is what I heard, but It's more than a week, essentially. Players don't play the following week this season after suffering concussion, after everything that happened at the beginning of the season with Tua and all of that. So, moving on to another team in the AFC South, we have Zay Jones, who's dealing with a chest injury. He was limited to practice on Wednesday and Thursday after having a big game this past weekend. I, I don't know if I'm comfortably starting any of the pass catchers for the Jaguars. I starting Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. I believe he's quarterback 12 on the season, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is probably the only guy there. Travis Etienne dealt with a foot injury last week and left the... So he he left the game, went on the sideline, Then essentially he was medically cleared. He could have returned to the game. But Doug Peterson wanted to take a process, cautious approach with Travis Etienne, which is why he didn't return. So with that being said, Etienne has been limited in practice on both Wednesday and Thursday of this week so far. Keep an eye out for the injury report on Friday and, of course, Sunday morning to see if he's available. If he is available, I expect Travis Etienne to go back to being his full-time role as the Jaguars' you know primary workhorse running back. And then moving right along here, Kadarius Tony for the Kansas City Chiefs did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday with a hamstring injury. Jarek McKinnon also did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, also dealing with a hamstring injury, so this news is most relevant for Isaiah Pacheco. If there's no Jarek McKinnon there, maybe Isaiah Pacheco gets involved in the passing game again, just like talking about with Damian Pierce. You take the pass-catching running back out of there, are they really going to go to their fourth-string running back or whoever it might be back there, or are they going to look at the guy they've been trusting to tote the ball for them and say, you know, maybe we'll try to get you involved in the passing game a little bit more, so Again, if you have Isaiah Pacheco and you're looking for a little bit of hope, there it is. Jack McKinnon did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with a hamstring injury. Juju smith to return to practice on Thursday for them after missing last week with a concussion injury. Kadarius Tony out. Again, that's just one less mouth to feed for there, but the only—again, I'm starting Patrick Mahomes. I'm starting Travis Kelsey, and this week I'd be starting Isaiah Pacheco, and those are essentially the only three Chiefs I'm comfortable starting. Juju Smith-Schuster is another one of those guys where you need to know what your fantasy roster needs. He could put up 20 points for you this week. He could put up zero. If that's if you need to overcome a significant point gap in your matchup, then you can go ahead and put somebody in like Juju Smith-Schuster. If you need somebody who's going to get you the points they are projected to get, Juju is not your guy, and I would advise going elsewhere. Jarvis Landry for the New Orleans Saints, limited on Thursday, dealing with an ankle issue. They play on Monday, so we only have one injury report so far for them. Keep an eye out on that. It doesn't really do anything except maybe lower the value of Chris Olave, but I'm not starting Landry, and it doesn't really affect anybody else. Olave has been the only reliable pass catcher on there, and then you'd still be starting Alvin Kamara, regardless of whether or not Jarvis Landry is healthy or inactive or anything like that. New York Giants have an even thinner wide-receiving court than usual. Darius Slayton was a full participant on Wednesday, but suffered was dealing with an illness on Thursday, so he did not participate. Checked the practice report on Friday, and then again, checked Sunday morning for a little bit more clarity as to what's going on with Darius Slayton. Meanwhile, Richie James upgraded from did not practice on Wednesday to limited on Thursday. He is dealing with a knee injury. Those have kind of been the top two pass catchers there for the Giants the past few weeks with everybody else is banged up. That being said, the only Giant you're starting is Saquon Barkley, and everybody else shouldn't be started and probably shouldn't even be on your roster. Devontae Smith for the Philadelphia Eagles is dealing with a groin injury that he's been tending to for the past few weeks. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. He looks like he should be good to go for this upcoming week. And then we move, we have Debo Samuel, who surprisingly went down as far as practice activity. So he was a limited participant on Wednesday and then went to a did not participate on Thursday. He's dealing with a quad injury. So this is something to keep an eye on. The 49ers are looking like a really banged-up team at the moment. We also have Christian McCaffrey, who didn't practice on Wednesday but then was limited on Thursday. He's dealing with a knee issue that has been described as a knee reaggravation or a knee aggravation, whatever you want to refer to it as. So keep an eye on this. This this could be more serious than people are saying or people are originally thinking. This could be something that limits McCaffrey's snap count, and that's going to be a problem because Elijah Mitchell was put on IR. He should be out 68 weeks with an MCL sprain. So we've got Tyrion Davis-Price and then Jordan Mason as the backups for Christian McCaffrey. It's tough to tell which one of those guys is going to end up being the backup because Jordan Mason got that role... You know, last or you know, last week, essentially, when, with no Elijah Mitchell there, and Christian McCaffrey there, and Tyrion Davis-Price was inactive, but it has more to do with Jordan Mason's role as a special teams guy, and not so much his value as a running back, so maybe now that Tyrion Davis-Price is active, he actually does fall in and ends up being the RB2, and they leave Jordan Mason in his special teams role, but it's a whole mess. I wouldn't be starting anybody in that running back room besides Christian McCaffrey at the moment, and you got to keep an eye on the injury report to see for that because he could be limited in his role. And it's not like with Mitchell out that they're going to increase Christian McCaffrey's touches. He, he's shown us before, and the 49ers have been better about this than the Panthers where They're not going to try to give him 25 touches a game. They're going to try to manage his workload in a way that allows him to be available for them all season. And that is more in the range of 15 touches per game. So, somebody else is going to have to get involved in that. And with Debo, Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey bagged up, I don't necessarily know, like, if, you know, if Debo wasn't as banged up, you could say, well, Debo might take a few extra carries this week until they figure the situation out. Or, you know, if Mitchell was in, you'd be fine. You know that Mitchell is there to carry some of the extra workload. But, with all the injuries that they're dealing with, it's hard to really know who... How that backfield is going to shape out, and if Debo doesn't go, there, you know, they could be in serious trouble. So keep an eye on that. If there's no Debo, that would increase the value of Brandon Ayuk. So I'm going to keep an eye on. And again, if you want to take a shot on Jordan Mason or De- Tyrion Davis Price, go for it. But it's that's a risky play when you're looking, you know, to secure your fantasy playoff spot. Russell Gage, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, returned to practice on Thursday in a limited fashion. Doesn't really affect anything. Nobody's starting Russell Gage. He's not going to take enough away from Chris Godwin for it to matter or anything away from Mike Evans for it to matter. Although, it really doesn't matter if he takes it away from Mike Evans at the moment because him and Tom Brady just aren't on the same page. They're not connecting. This is another team where just, if you want to look at, to like, just what went wrong for the Rams and the Bucks, the offensive line is a common theme between the two of them as to what went wrong. They lost their offensive lines. A lot of injuries to a lot of different positions on the offensive line. They're starting a lot of backups across the place. Lost, you know, the Rams lost Andrew Whitworth in the offseason to retirement. The Buccaneers lost a number of their star players on the offensive line this offseason due to free agency, retirement, a mix of both of those things. And I think everybody just took that for granted and underestimated how important it was for an aging, non-mobile quarterback to have a solid offensive line in front of him. But just take note of that. That if you don't have someone who is not even a scrambling quarterback, not like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts, but a mobile quarterback, somebody like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, those guys might be able to get away if you suffer some injuries or whatever to your offensive line because they can scramble for themselves. But when you have quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, and Tom Brady who are pocket passers and they need that protection up front when you lose a lot of members or significant members of your offensive line it's just it's going to make it that much harder for them and it's going to require everybody else on the team to step it up that much more cuz now timing has to be perfect and this is just a perfect example of what happens when that depth on the offensive line isn't there And you only get depth on the offensive line by drafting guys and developing them and understanding that you're not drafting your entire starting offensive line in round one of a draft and that you're going to have to pick some other guys up they are going to take a few years to develop behind them and be able to fill in, you know, get them in there as rotational pieces to get some feel for it. But it's just that's one of the common threads between a lot of these teams that underperform is when their offensive line's start to go down obviously it puts a lot more pressure on the quarterback which requires everybody else on the team to step their game up even more and add other injuries new quarterbacks new things like that and it just it all falls apart quickly and then finally with the wide receiver position we have Traylon Burks who was limited on Thursday due to an illness Burks scored his first touchdown of his NFL career last season falling on a Derrick Henry fumble in the end zone Again, I don't know that you can confidently be throwing Traylon Burks into a starting lineup with the fantasy playoffs on the line at the moment, especially with them coming in to play against Philly and the secondary that they have there. So finish up or let's try to run through the rest of these running back injuries, or rest of the injuries rather quickly. we still got some running backs to talk about. Antonio Gibson went from limited on Wednesday to did not practice on Thursday. He's dealing with a foot injury. So it looks like there could be a lot more work for Brian Robinson this upcoming week. If there's no Antonio Gibson, you can start Brian Robinson. If they're both ha- healthy and active or they're both active, it's much riskier to start Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has essentially been operating as the passing down back and Brian Robinson is just a primary ball carrier, so you can look at look what he did last week in week 12 where Brian Robinson comes out and he kills it as a runner and puts up all these points and then ends up with less than double-digit fantasy points for you because he's not catching passes, so he's not involved in the receiving game, and, you know, you're hoping that he scores a touchdown in addition to getting 20 carries for 85 yards in order to put up solid fantasy running back numbers where Antonio Gibson could just catch five passes for, you know, 50 yards and have already beaten, you know, just on those five touches, he's gotten more points than... Brian Robinson's going to get on his, you know, 20 carries throughout the game. So, with no Gibson, I'm starting Brian Robinson confidently. If they're both active, I'll probably have Antonio Gibson ranked higher than Brian Robinson unless I, unless there's, you know, definitive word that Gibson's going to be on a pitch count. <sighs> Meanwhile, if you're looking for running back fill-ins, you might be a little disappointed to hear that Leonard Fournette returned to a full practice on Thursday. Again, they play on Monday night against the Saints, so we only have one practice or point so far. Why would you be disappointed that Leonard Fournette is back? Well, because Rashad White filled in quite admirably for him last week. And if Fournette is back and healthy, then I imagine that he's going to be involved. And so this goes back to being committee. So instead of counting on, you know, 14 to 16 points from... The primary carrier in this offense, I'm probably looking at seven to eight points from each of these guys. So that just muddies the water all that much more for an offense that has been struggling. And I know teams thought they got it together a few weeks ago when they sh- strung two wins together, and you know they beat Seattle and Germany, and it just it's right back to the same problems they were having before. Mike Evans and other players dropping balls. Tom Brady's not on the same page with Mike Evans, and the whole offense just looks off because of it. <clears throat> Talked about the Rams earlier. Cam Akers didn't practice on Wednesday due to illness again. You shouldn't be starting Cam Akers anyway. Anyway, Bigger running back storyline. Josh Jacobs was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. It was said earlier this week that he would, you know, the amount of practice he would get in was going to be very light this week because he is dealing with a calf injury. Again, your calf muscle is very important for a downhill running, running back like Josh Jacobs because you need to be able to push off the ground and your calf muscle is... You know the the main muscle behind that, and you driving through tackles and through linemen and things like that. So if Josh Jacobs can't go, Zamir White would be the primary backup. It seems like, although it looks like Josh Jacobs should be available. Again, check the practice report or the injury report on Friday, and then again of course Sunday morning to see if he's active and available. If Jacobs is not available, Zamir White would be the fill-in behind him. Raheem Mostert limited on Wednesday and Thursday with a knee issue. Again, that whole funny situation that they have going on down there in Miami. I don't know that I'm trusting Mostert either. Uh, some relatively big news or some positive news: DeAndre Swift is off the injury report, so he's not been listed at all with anything. The past few weeks, he would be listed, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and then taken off on Friday before the game. And listed as healthy. He is not on the injury report at all this week with any sort of designation. So maybe he's finally put played through whatever it was that was plaguing him all season. And maybe we finally start to see his touches go up. <sighs> Again, you're nervous starting DeAndre Swift, but with the limited amount of play he's gotten recently, the limited amount of touches, he's still managing to produce double-digit fantasy points for you on a weekly basis, even if it's only ten fan ten, eleven fantasy points a week. But if he's doing that on 15 snaps with, you know, seven touches, if they just slightly increase that, you know, the next, uh, this week and next week and the week after that, how many fantasy points could he possibly put up for you? So, again, this is another sort of a ceiling play for you where, you know, compared to some, if we're talking about some of the other guys we mentioned earlier, like Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson, I'd rather start DeAndre Swift. You know, the Rams backfield, I'd rather start DeAndre Swift. If, you know, Michael Carter is healthy and he's playing this week, I think I might prefer DeAndre Swift because Michael Carter doesn't look like he should probably be playing this week and he might be on a snap count. So, just something to keep in mind. Again, I'm not calling Swift the lineup lock, but just something to look at and potential there. Najee Harris did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday for the Pittsburgh Steelers, dealing with an oblique injury. So... In this past week, Jalen Warren was not active, so when Najee Harris went down, it was all pretty much Benny Snell filling in as the backup form. Jalen Warren's healthy this week, should be ready to go. If Harris is out, I imagine they'll go with a committee between Snell and Warren, and if that's the case, you don't want either of them, because you, you didn't even really want to start Najee when he was the primary guy. You don't want to start Snell or Warren if they're in a committee. And Snow, by the way, himself is also dealing with an injury. He was limited on Thursday with a knee injury, so keep an eye on that as well. If Jalen Warren is kind of the only healthy guy there and has this backfield onto himself, that's a little bit different, and he falls into more of a low-end RB2 in that situation. And finally, we're going to wrap this up with tight end injuries. David Njoku did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. He's dealing with a knee injury after just coming back from being on IR for a few weeks, so... Keep an eye on that if you were planning on starting him. Daniel Bellinger has been out ever since ever since he suffered that eye injury. was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. And Michael Thomas is dealing with a rib injury. He was also injured on, or limited on Wednesday and Thursday practice. Keep an eye on him if you were counting on any of those. But other than that, that is going to be everything from me here today. So, we've got through all the injuries. Thank you for listening to me rant about the proper way to go all in for a team and to complain about some of the bad teams around the NFL and some of the quarterback situations that are going on. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your audio podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan Tickles. Have a happy holiday.